0: Hello and welcome to the Happy Hen Podcast. My name is Maisie Wake and my goal is to create a better world for chickens everywhere. In this podcast you will get to know me and my flock better as I share my own knowledge and experience with you. I will also be chatting to people from all walks of life but with one thing in common, a passion for our feathered friends. This episode is dedicated to my mum, Katie Wake, who died on the 22nd of January this year after battling cancer over the last four years. If it wasn't for mum's constant support in keeping chickens when I was younger, I wouldn't be working with them now. Mum absolutely loved our chickens and enjoyed teaching people about them and showing people how amazing they are. She also loved cockerels and was always pointing out the importance of valuing all lives. This is why I think it's fitting to dedicate this episode to mum. Helen Cooper started Big Red Rooster as a not-for-profit organisation in 2015 after rescuing a cockerel from a place she worked at at the time. She already had several cockerels though so couldn't keep him. When she googled cockerel Rescue in the hopes of finding him a home, she discovered that they didn't exist. This is when she decided she had to start one. Helen is 48, vegan, and loves all animals, especially cats, sheep and chickens, of course. Hi, Helen. Um, hello. Hello. So... Tell us about what brought you into Cockrell Rescue. Um, I know that in the intro, I said a little bit about it, but I'd love to hear in your words how that happened for you.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, I was working for a, a person who, uh, they they started out as sort of like a, as a dog breeder, and then they decided that they were going to, alongside the dogs, they were going to have lots of chicks that they hatched out and sold every year um you know we're talking two or three hundred chicks a year so as you can imagine there was quite a high proportion of boys in there yeah. um and she used to get her husband to cull them which obviously as a vegan I really hate I do understand that Cool. it's if you're a you know a, a large-scale breeder then I guess the responsible thing to do is to cull as opposed to dumping and things like that so that I just had to kind of um deal with which I wasn't vegan at the time but I still found it really horrible um the problem was that the couple were in their sort of late 60s early 70s and the guy was arthritic, so I won't be too graphic because it was horrific. But there was a particular day when he asked me and another girl that was working there if we'd go out to the field because there was all these cockles that needed to be culled. Um, he and he basically our job was to just stand there and hold a bag for him to put them in. Um, it was it was horrible now because he was arthritic. Um, I'm just going to say he didn't really do it very efficiently. Right. Um, and it was it was horrible. And there was one bird there, um, and I called him Cosmo, and he was my favourite, and they were big. I mean, these, these were birds that she'd bred. She basically wanted to, she'd heard about, you know, all the different coloured oh. eggs and stuff, and so her aim was to, you know, have blue egg layers and olive egg layers. And these guys, she just attempted to breed some olive egg laying hens. Unfortunately, she'd got the cross wrong.
0: Oh no. Nice. So
1: when they when they all came out, of a batch of about a dozen, I think there were only about three or four hens anyway, which went on to lay completely normal brown eggs. Um, and the rest were boys. So they were going to be culled and they'd left it so long I mean these guys were like five and six months old and they were big big birds Mm. so anyway as I say it it didn't really go very well um and I just thought I cannot I can't let this happen to Cosmo so I'd when when the guy wasn't looking I we had a, a can of like stock marker paint so I sprayed him with stock marker paint and I said um Oh, this one's got a home. He's um, someone's found a home for him. So he's oh, okay, and he just left him. So after it had finished, and it it was just horrifying. Um, I took Cosmo. I, I literally picked him up, put him on the seat of my car, and drove him home. And I had at that time, I think about as well as my my hens, I had about ten cockerels. That because you know what it's like if you've got chickens, people would be like oh, I've got a, a cockerel that needs rehoming. She'll take it. And like a mug, I just yeah. did. And because he was such a big boy, I, I can't. I thought I can't really squeeze him in anywhere. So I'm, I'm going to get him out of this place. That's the most important thing. I'll get him home and we're fine somewhere. So I got him home, Googled cockerel rescue. And that was when I discovered that, that there just aren't any. I mean, there, there's obviously just normal rescues. Yeah. Um, which most of which either don't take cockerels or they were full to burst in. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? So he stayed. And that was when I started Big Red Rooster because I kind of had to really. I mean, I couldn't believe that, you know, there's so many specialist rescues for everything from lizards to, you know, tortoises and, but there was nothing for cockerels at all. So yeah, that's how it started.
0: That's amazing. Um, I've got to say that you're one of my heroes, because I one day would love to have a cockerel rescue. (laughs)
1: Um, Thank you. Do you know what? It's, yeah. There's a few people, few more people doing it now, which is great. Um, We've got a guy who's down in the Southeast, which is great because that covers that area. And there's a few places sort of in the Midlands. Um, but yeah, there's just there's so many, so many out there. And every day when I look on Facebook, you have got this kind of like, it's almost like a, you know, like like a traffic accident thing where I know I shouldn't look, but I can't help looking. Mm. And then I look, and then there's dozens of them on there that yeah. people saying, you know, oh someone's been dumped and can anyone help? And it's like, oh my God, it's 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 endless. It really is.
0: Be interesting to know about the practicalities of it. So um, what's your capacity?
1: Well, at the moment, we've got around about 200 birds. Right. Um, most of them are boys. There are some hens because if um, if a cockerel sort of turns up on his own, then I'll I'll try and find him a little hen to live with because I don't want anyone to be on their own. And But if, if they turn up in like a, a pair or a, or a bunch, then they'll stay together. We've got a fair few sort of bachelor pairs and bachelor groups. And luckily it it seems to work out. Okay. I mean, I will be honest where I'm at the point now where I have so many that it genuinely, I believe is killing me. (laughs) Um, uh, And for anyone that's going to just, you know, consider starting it. The one thing that I would say is, Get help make sure you're not on your own because
0: sure.
1: my sister helps me as often as she can but she's got some chronic illnesses um yeah. you know so mm. she can't do it all the time um but it's it's hard work it's very very hard work
0: yeah i can imagine um do you
1: do this alongside any other jobs or is this your full time um i I used to work full-time, but as it's got bigger and bigger, I now work part-time and I just do cleaning um, because it's something I can fit around them. The trouble I was having, when I just had, say, like 30, 40 birds, I used to work in a taxi company. Right. And it was great. I loved it. I was there for years. And I used to do a night shift, so I'd start at 10 p.m. Now, that was okay when there was only, you know, say 30, 40. But once we got up to, like, 150, 160... The thing I was finding was in the summer, I couldn't possibly get all the birds shut away in time to get to work at ten o'clock. Wow! So because sometimes I wouldn't, you know, in the summer now I don't leave there till probably nearly eleven o'clock at night. So it was really tricky trying to say to an employer, you know, like, oh yeah, hi, please employ me. Um, I can work these hours in the summer. I can work these hours in the winter, <laughs> um, and they're just going to they're just going to tell you to. Get lost, aren't they? So uh yeah, although the cleaning's not well paid and it's not glamorous, um, I you know, having my hand down lavatories and things like that, the good thing is that I can pretty much pick and choose the hours. Yeah. Um, so to say that the, the birds have taken over my life is is no understatement.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love um I love that we can hear them. Um You've got some house cockerels, haven't you?
1: Yes, I'm in the kitchen and behind me I have probably our most famous resident who is Chesney yeah.
0: um,
1: and he he came to us from a summer school hatch. Um, he has some real issues. He has a severe crossbeak wow. and he's completely blind. Um, wow. He has... He's got no eye on one side, and he's got a non-functioning eye on the other side. Although I do think he sees a tiny, tiny bit of light and shade because um, he... I
0: I lost you for a minute. Um, oh. So you were talking about the fact that he could see light and shade and then... Yeah, I
1: think, yeah. I If I try and take a photo and it's a bit dark and the flash comes onto my, my phone, he kind of follows it. So I think he does see a little bit of light and shade, but I would say probably 95% he's got no vision. Um, and he lives with a little hen called Peanut, who is hilarious. She's she's a small, tiny little bantam, but she's the the funniest character. She's great. Oh.
0: Um
1: and then the other guys in the house, we've got several. There's uh there's robin who is uh you saw briefly he um he's a great big white ex-school hatch boy uh, he came in because he was in a batch of six and he was the, the weak one the runty one um you wouldn't believe it now and he was struggling so when he was uh probably only about four or five months old he came in to the house with the intention that he'd get better and then he'd go back outside unfortunately when he was in the house he's become bestest friends with the other blind cockerel who is Tadji now Tadji is a little Koshamo boy and he was found in a sealed plastic box with four other cockerels and they'd been pushed into a hedge um and luckily, a lady that was walking her dog found them because otherwise they'd have died. I mean, when she got the box out of the hedge and took the lid off, she said they were all soaking wet because there was so much condensation in there oh,
0: that no. they were just dripping wet.
1: Yeah, they and they would have died. Um, and I don't think they would—they you know, had long. But unfortunately, where they'd all been rammed in this box, they'd been fighting. Um, and Tadji is blind because they'd, they'd pecked his eyes. Um but again he he manages incredibly well, and him and Robin just struck up the most unlikely friendship, and they're now the absolute best of friends they sleep upstairs in my bedroom, which is not <laughs> ideal um so when i when they go upstairs in their cage, so someone else can come out for a run around, um Robin goes upstairs by himself, he's really intelligent, he knows he just walks up the stairs. And I, we have to carry Tadji upstairs because obviously you can't see. Yeah. So they're separated just for a, a moment whilst I'm sort of picking up Tadji. Robin's hysterical. And it's like, no, no, sorry, right. he's coming, he's coming. And as soon as he... I'll put him in his cage and then I'll put Tadji in the cage next to him and they hear each other and they're fine. But they're the, the, the best... They're the oddest couple, but the best of friends. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a real funny pair. Um, we've got a few others indoors, um, we've got Bumper who has deformed legs, um, he walks around okay and stuff, but he's got these brilliant little shoes that we had to have imported from America, so he can walk on the wooden floors. Um, we've got Victor who is a little in. he came in after being thrown out of his nest by his mother when he was a chick. apparently um yeah he was literally a a day or two old when he came to us um he's a funny little bird so he lives indoors again I tried to put him outside but because he'd been indoors for a while he was just like no 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 I'm not having this I'm I'm an indoor bird Mm -hmm. so he's an indoor bird (laughs) so yeah there's a few there's a few in the house
0: oh brilliant it's interesting what you said about the um the being able to see Light and dark, because that's something that's been looked at scientifically, and um, the pineal gland is responsible for them being able to see light and dark. So it's exactly as you said, they
1: can see shades. Yeah. Um, So, and is that, and that I guess, is that anything to do with crowing?
0: Yeah, so so they can tell what time of day it is, their circadian rhythm can still work.
1: Yeah. So. Because it always fascinates me that Ches crows. Yeah.
0: Because I, you know,
1: I'd kind of think to well, well, how does he even know? But he he definitely knows and he he certainly crows. And ironically, he's got the loudest crow of, of any of the birds that we've got. Has he? <laughs> um he's oh. really loud, but yeah, he he obviously is able to tell when it's morning because he just yeah he's not crow so it's fascinating really
0: it is isn't it um yeah that's my big area is is chicken behavior so um i'm always looking at sort of behavioral biology and all of that um so what have you learned about corporal behavior in your journey through this Um, i
1: think the i think the thing that I've really learned is it's a funny thing because if I ever tell people what I do um and if they've got a cockerel story that they'll share with me I can guarantee it will almost always involve being chased by a cockerel Mm -hmm. it would be something like oh my grandparents had chickens when I was a kid and oh yeah the cockerel always used to chase me and they just seem to have this like negative aura about them if no one ever tells you a nice cockle story and what I have learned I think is that there's just so much more to them Mm. they're they're so individual and some of their their characters I mean I've got of some most of the guys here I would say they know their names I mean Robin for sure if he's downstairs and I'm upstairs if I called him he will he'll come upstairs like a dog He, he absolutely knows his name um and I think it's so easy for people to just I've said so many times you know if I had a pound for every time I heard the phrase they're just chickens Mm. I'd be laughing you'd be rich (laughs) yeah I'd be really rich because people just they don't see them as as anything other than just you know you get all these things bird brain and and stuff like that um I think there's so much more to them. I think their intelligence would really surprise a lot of people.
0: Absolutely.
1: I, and I do wonder if, a, a, you know, I don't want to go down this sort of crazy vegan route, but I do wonder if a lot of, a lot of the time it's because it's almost like a conscience thing, because I think if people knew that, you know, they're kind of on a par intelligence-wise. I, I mean, I've got a dog, she's a lovely dog, but i'm not going to lie she's thick she's really thick um, i would say for sure that robin for, for certain and, and some of the others are way more intelligent than her and i do wonder if it's it's almost like people tell themselves because if they knew they were eating something that had a, you know as much personality and and as intelligence as as you know a dog i don't know if that's you know what they tell themselves to kind of make it all okay
0: yeah, I think that you're onto something with that. And um, there's a degree of detachment that um, is convenient. Yeah. Um, yes. Because you don't want to know all about what's on your plate. And um, so, I mean, I think, again, there have been studies into the animals like fish and chicken. That's why there's not a different word for it because with cows, we don't call it eating cow. We call it beef or with sheep, it's lamb. Yeah, do you
1: know what? That's that's really interesting that you say that because I've I've sort of pondered over that myself. You know, you don't say, oh, I'm having cow for dinner tonight. Yeah. It's like you say it's beef or pork or bacon or gammon. You don't say I'm having pig. But, yeah, when it's fish or chicken, people just say it's chicken. Yeah. It's It's bizarre, isn't it? It
0: is. It's interesting. <laughs> Human behaviour. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's obviously, it wasn't always like that. I think when we had the um, industrial revolution and factory farming became a big thing, um, yeah. there was a big push for more and more people to eat chickens. and. I think perceptions of chicken really changed uh, yeah
1: so. my um my mum's got a friend who um, a couple of years ago there was a particularly well I found it a particularly offensive kFC advert um, mm. and my mum sort of mentioned it to this friend of hers um, sort of made a valiant attempt to sort of say about the conditions that some of these birds were in. And this woman was sort of like, no, no, I don't want to know. I just don't think about it. And I thought that's kind of the problem, isn't it? It's like, you, you, what you're saying there is, you know that there's some horrific things going on, but you just choose not to think about it.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, I I only went vegan myself. I think this is my fourth year, and I'd cu- I was veggie and I was sort of cutting things out and stuff, and then I had an um, like an epiphany moment with a hen, um, mm. and that was just it. I I just couldn't. From that moment on, it was like pfft, no, 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 no. It was just it was awful.
0: What was your epiphany?
1: It's yeah, I'll not probably not cry now it's really hard to even talk about it now, which sounds so silly. Because oh. it was like four, it was years ago, but we had this hen. She's she lived, um, she was my first, my first house chickens were Scumpy, who was the original big red rooster. Um, and his companion was a, a blind leg bar hen. And again, she'd come from that horrible place that I worked, and she was being relentlessly picked on and attacked because she was blind and and the woman just she had so many she didn't see them as individuals and I kind of noticed what was going on yeah and she'd had all her feathers pecked out so I took her out separated her she grew all her feathers back and then the woman put her straight back in with the others and they did it again and at that point I was fuming and I picked her up and I literally hurled 10 pounds at this woman and said I'm taking her Mm -hmm. and I took her home And then we discovered she was blind um she started out being called Lottie Legbar and she ended up being called evil because she was just she was hilarious she ruled my house with a rod of iron but she was such a character oh she was she was brilliant but she was she was cantankerous she was miserable but she she was just so so special and she she got canker in her mouth um And she fought it and fought it, and she was on antibiotics. She was on strong antibiotics. Um, And then I had to start syringe-feeding her and stuff, and she fought like a lion. And then one evening, I was sat with her on my lap, and I'd been syringe-feeding her, and she just died.
0: Oh, sorry to
1: hear that. It's silly, because it's still really hard to talk about, I can just remember being hysterical. It was awful. I was just absolutely hysterical. And I just led her on the chair and I just felt like I'd failed. And um sorry. Um yeah, so like I, it, I credit her with, yeah, she so mm. affected me. And from that moment on, I just that was it. I just couldn't couldn't do it, couldn't eat eggs, meat, anything like that. And mm. yeah, so I guess that's her legacy, really. Um
0: what yeah, it was just
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, and and Scumpy, of course, he um, he was he was the reason we we were called Big Red Rooster because he was a big red rooster, and again, he'd come from the same place. And this woman had bought a box of. I never forget. It was quite funny, really. She'd bought. I got there in the morning, and she said to me, "There's a box of chicks in there in the like the the chicken stable that she had." And I said, "Oh, okay, so." I went in there and I sort of peered in this box and there was a dozen chicks in there and they were all silkies apart from one. And to this day, I am convinced someone did it as like an April Fool, because it was literally April Fool's day that she'd bought them. And I looked in and I said, oh, what are they? And she said, they're silkies. And I said, well, that one's not. And I pointed to, it was like enormous compared to the others in like a sort of smoky gray color. And she just sort of brushed it off and I thought, okay. So as they sort of started to grow, it became apparent that there was like 11 silkies and then there was this one monstrous chick in there. And um, he he just got bigger and bigger. And I sort of said to her, you know, I don't know what he is, but he's he was a real character. And then I, when he sort of got to be like a bit of a teenage chick, I'd gone round to this sort of yard bit that she had just in time to see her grab him and she said i'm going to wring its effing neck and i said why and he'd apparently he'd attacked one of her ducklings and i said oh no uh, you know I'll, I'll have him and she literally thrust him at me and said take it
0: oh god
1: okay so I, I again as was often the way i ended up popping him on the seat of the car and driving him home mm. and he um he was this by then he'd sort of turned into a round ginger ball um he was turned out he was a buff orpington um and he so i mean how anyone thought they'd pass out as a silky is anyone's guess but <laughs> he came into the house and i introduced him to evil quite tentatively knowing what she was like but she took him under her wing and they were inseparable oh. and um yeah, so that was why it became Big Red Rooster, because of him. So he was the, the namesake for Big Red Rooster.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, oh. he was a
1: special boy. So you don't have him anymore? No, sadly, we lost him. He wasn't that old. He was sort of four or five, and um, we don't really know what happened. He just, just went to sleep. I mean, I think oh. a lot of these, a lot of the big boys tend to be quite short-lived I think I don't I think it's heart attacks and things take some of these big lads um I think some of the oldest ones we've got we've got a hen here a Koshamo hen who came to us um
0: can you describe what a Koshamo is for some of the listeners? yeah yeah
1: the Koshamos, they're, they're like a fighting bird, but they're not. They look like they're a miniature sort of fighting bird, although they've never been used for fighting. I mean, the story I've heard, and I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but I heard that um, the, the Japanese had developed them, and they sort of took these fighting birds and kind of, in, in a typical Japanese fashion, they sort of scaled them down into these perfect tiny models of... of um, the fighting birds and they used to have banquets and things and then at the end of them they would all sort of get their koshamos and sort of parade them on the table to see who had the best one <laughs> so I don't know if that's entirely true but I have heard this and um, so they just look like a very small upright sort of little bird and they've got really tight scale, scale-like scale feathers. And I mean, I love them. They're one of my favorites. They're, they're lovely characters. As I say, they've never actually been used for fighting. And a lot of people use them for children to get them introduced to like the chicken showing world and that because they're really little and they're really handleable. Um, and this hen, um, to cut a long story short, I used to, um, in the days when I could afford and had the time for a horse, which I don't anymore. Um, I used to keep them at this yard, and there was a person there that got these eggs from eBay and she'd hatched them out, um, saying, Oh, these, they're really, really valuable. They're not. Um, <laughs> and then she sort of quickly tired tired of them and just, you know, kind of pretty much abandoned them. And there was a shed, and she had this hen with her two sons. In a budgie cage just shut in this shed and like we'd see that for days nobody had gone in there Mm -hmm. so a friend of mine actually got them from her and said i'll take them she had them for a couple of years and then they they sort of couldn't keep chickens anymore for some reason or another um so i i took them on um and we've just got the hen left now and she's uh, she's 11 years old which i think yeah it's incredible um, and yeah. she didn't have a name or anything so when i got her i sort of looked up sort of japanese words and things and we called her miyu which means a superior beauty
0: oh that's which, nice
1: <laughs> yeah which i thought was yeah. really appropriate and she's great she's she again she's a fantastic character she's um mm. she's a lovely lady and actually when we had a real cold snap last week um I brought her in. I've her and her little husband. I I came home with the we call it the pet carrier of doom in this house because I walk in with the pet carrier and Matty the other half is like, oh my god, what's in there? Uh, I said, no, no, don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. I said it's just the crows. They're coming in. I said it's cold. who's an old lady, so she spent the the night in the house being spoiled rotten, and then she went back outside again in the morning. But yeah, so the pact is with her if it's frosty or snowy that's it she's coming in because um nothing's too good for her
0: oh i completely understand that (laughs) Um, we've got the pet carrier of doom too
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i like to mix it up a little bit i went to a a particularly unpleasant poultry auction once um which is something i'd never do again because it's just horrible and um I came home with the pet carrier of doom and Matty was like, oh my God, what's in there, what's in there? And I sort of said, guess. And he was going for all these things. I said, there's a rabbit. Ah! <laughs> so I, and I'd managed, there was this poor little rabbit that um, nobody appeared to want. And I, I I bought her for a pound. So yeah, there was a rabbit in there.
0: <laughs> oh, another animal that um, gets a raw deal. <laughs>
1: Yes, I mean that it, when I'd gone to the auction it was a, a kind of like an Easter half term so uh, there were lots and lots of kids and I'm sure not coincidentally there were lots and lots of chicks and baby bunnies mm. um, and there were all these ones that were sort of stunning. There was a like a kind of lavendery colored angora one that went for an enormous amount of money, which was astonishing. And all these kids were sort of clamoring around and picking all these bunnies and and then there was little charlotte and she was just a very sort of plain white rabbit with a couple of gray spots on her and she was just nobody seemed to want her she was completely overlooked i suppose she wasn't pretty or fancy enough and my sister was with me and she was sort of like you know what's going to happen so i said i don't know i said i would assume people just take them home but do they want them i don't know so they started all these other ones went for like 30 pound 40 pounds 60 pounds and then the sort of Charlotte was popped on the thing in her little cardboard box and nobody bid and and I was like oh this is just awful so I sort of bid the guy was like a pound so I sort of put my hand up and that yeah that was it that was the only bid so (laughs) Charlotte came home for a pound So, yeah, I recommend don't go to poultry auctions because you'll always see something that will break your heart and you'll end up taking it home.
0: Yeah. yeah. This is a challenging ethical question, isn't it? Because do you feel like you are kind of buying into the system when you get an animal like that? Or do you want to just help that life? Um, I know it's a challenging one.
1: Yeah, I... It's horrible because I know that a lot of um, rescues won't buy in animals, and it's something I would never do on purpose. I mean, yeah. she was like for me, for my pet. Um, but yeah, I I I totally understand that. Um, but then sometimes it's really horrible because you kind of think if that's the only way you're going to get them, mm. and it's and I I, I really get the.
0: And you've not um, that individual, so it is, it's always... Yeah,
1: that's, that's exactly it. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's like, I get that it is by an... In- oh, I've lost you again. And then you're just basically enabling these people to yeah. breed more. But then when you actually look at the thing in front of you and you can see its eyes and, and you think, oh, I know that if I don't, you're going to die. And to be able to just, um. you know, I, I'm not strong enough, I you know, totally admit that that I I just don't have it in me to to look at um an animal and, and or a bird and just say I shouldn't take you because I'm you know that means that it's just enabling your your owner or your breeder to um do it all over again and I've even had messages that have come through and people I actually had a message once where somebody messaged me and said Oh hi! We hatched out some chicks for the kids. It'd be a really great, positive experience, and all this. And um, we need to get rid of them so that we can do it again. And I just thought, oh my god, you're so, oh no, nice. so blatant about it. And uh, you know, I actually couldn't take them, but I think we did manage to sort of place them somewhere else. But and again, now I know a lot of people who said to me, "Well, that's their fault, you know just just leave them to it." But then I'm thinking, what's stopping them just Getting in their car, driving them to some layby, yeah. turfing them out, and then doing it all over again. And I know that this happens, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's a really hard moral one because I I totally get the the argument, mm-hmm. but it's also really really hard to sort of I, I I always think to myself by the time a lot of people have found me found Big Red Rooster, it, it's kind of last chance saloon for the birds in question yeah Um, and I and then I'm playing Grim Reaper it's a really really hard thing and I'll be honest I you know I think it's it's probably really affected my mental health because knowing that one word for me means that bird lives or dies that is bloody hard to have that you know hanging over you
0: isn't it yeah it
1: is and then you know to sort of just say no and go away and then I'm the kind of person that then at four o'clock in the morning it will suddenly ping into my head and I'm like oh my god why did I say that and it's probably dead now and it's oh it's just horrible
0: I know that you said that the school hatch projects are something which you feel particularly passionate about
1: yeah school hatches are my absolute 100 bugbear um I just have a real issue with the whole concept because it's it's sold as, you know, um, circle of life and it's sold as farm to food to plate and all, all these ludicrous names they give it. But it's as far as I'm concerned, it's just fluffy novelty and it's dressed up as education. I mean, I remember having a, quite a heated discussion with somebody online once and they were sort of going on about it's essential for children to know about food traceability and all the rest of it. And I I said to them, if anybody can show me a photograph of a classroom full of kids sitting down, eating a chicken that they've hatched, raised and then prepared, then I will shut up and go away. And funnily enough, not one single person could do that Mm. because it's nothing to do with that. They just want you know, two weeks of fluffy chick and then they get sent back to the egg company.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's, you know, I can't... I've sort of used the argument before that how would people feel if that was puppies or kittens? You know, there'd be outrage if someone was hiring out kittens for two weeks of fluffy fun and then killing them. I mean, can you imagine?
0: Yeah, I could... It it just...
1: because again we're back to the just chickens um it doesn't matter because they're just chickens
0: i expect um during lockdown have you found that people have just done this at home instead of at school yeah
1: Yeah, totally i kind of naively thought that um oh it's gonna be great no school hatches this is gonna be a good year but no if anything it's worse because it seemed like everybody. Um,
0: it's even less police. It at home,
1: yeah. I mean, it's so easy. You go on eBay, um, you, for probably 40 pounds, you can get like a cheapo incubator. Um, you can get yourself half a dozen hatching eggs. Um, and there you go, Bob's your uncle, you know, instant gratification and instant entertainment for the kids. Uh, and again, I've had so many emails that people didn't even bother to lie. You know, they were just literally saying, oh, we did a lockdown hatch. And my favorite is when they say, we did a lockdown hatch. Um, We've got six chicks hatched and three of them have turned into cockerels. And you kind of think, well, no, they haven't turned into them, have they? They were cockerels the second they came out of their shell. It's just that you didn't anticipate this. You didn't plan for this.
0: Yeah
1: it's just so sad i mean
0: so frustrating th- this
1: year that was th- last year it it was it's just been terrible i would say for sure the worst year for inquiries begging pleading to take them and again it's then on me to be the one to say i'm sorry i can't do it yeah and and it's i had a lady not long ago and she had messaged me and basically she was almost threatening to the, to the point where you know, if you well, if you don't take them, then they're all going. They're all just. I'm going to kill them, and I'm thinking, I I, I don't know what you want me to say. I can't. It was like twelve cockles. It's like I can't take them. Mm. I, I just can't. And and then you know you're putting that on me, and it's it's really hard. It's it's uh, yeah. And she was actually quite aggressive with it.
0: That's really challenging.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's really tough.
0: How um, I hope that you don't mind me asking about sort of how do you deal with those sorts of challenges with your mental health um do you have any any um self-care methods or anything that you you use to kind of keep yourself sane through this
1: uh know I really don't know it's um I just I try if you know I'll try and help people if I can't take the birds myself which to be honest at the moment I just can't yeah um then I'll you know I'll try and put them onto people I'll ask them where they're based and then I'll try and um you know sort of put put them into contact with places near them I'll offer to do posts for them um I don't really have any kind of um I ought to I you know I, I know that I should kind of probably do a little bit more for myself because there are you know I won't lie there are days when I wake up and I'm just like oh my god I just can't I just can't do this but I have to you know I have to just tell myself I've got to do this um there's I, no one else to do it it's
0: not for a holiday in your job isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I used to have a treat which was every year my sister and I would go to the national poultry show and we would have a weekend in a hotel in Telford and go and look at thousands and thousands of chickens and it was brilliant I loved it but since having chairs because he's very specialist and he has to have I mean he manages very well by himself but with his crossbeak, he does eat by himself but just to keep his weight good he has one torpedo feed a day which is where I like make up a little he has his special mix and then you bind that together with some like some oil some water smeg and stuff and you make this like play-doh stuff roll it into little torpedoes and he has one feed of that a day and it's a it's a bloody tricky job because he doesn't like it he has to have it and it's good for him but he does not like it Mm. um and there's no one else to do it so if I'm away for a weekend he wouldn't get fed so I yeah there's there's no respite from it at all and I'm not complaining because at the end of the day I chose to do this um sure. but but yeah it is hard it's really hard
0: yeah that does sound challenging um um worth it because you love your animals
1: but yeah and I do kind of think to myself what would I do without them it's um yeah. you know I'd, I'd have so much free time on my hands I don't know what I'd do
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I know where you're coming for it uh coming from for sure um what do you with some of these challenges what do you think could or should be done to improve it what what education could people have instead of doing school hatch projects or anything like that well there is
1: I was contacted by a guy a couple of years ago when I made I made a really big fuss about the school hatches a couple of years ago, and um, the variation in responses was fascinating because I I ended up with some death threats. I ended up with some rape threats, um, which sounds astonishing when you think at the end of the day this is just about some bloody eggs. Mm. Um, but on the other side, I was contacted by a Spanish guy. And I don't want to be issed in any way, but I know that the Spanish don't have the best reputation when it comes to animal welfare. Mm. Yet this guy was absolutely horrified. He'd said he'd never heard of it. Um, he couldn't believe that this kind of thing went on. And he told me that in Spanish schools they do a thing where the kids get given, say, a tomato plant. Um and then they will look after this plant, you know, water it, feed it, take care of it. And at the end of it, they've got tomatoes that they can eat. And I just thought, what a brilliant idea, because this way they still learn about care, nurturing, food production. And they've got an end product. Whereas all this gumph about, you know, saying that it's teaching kids about food and stuff with chickens. It isn't. It absolutely isn't. They do not sit down and eat these birds they may keep the hens some of the schools keep the hens and they'll have eggs and stuff but I mean as an example a friend of mine a few years ago offered to do a school hatch for her son's school and she said to the head teacher I'll I'll do it however we're going to do it properly we're going to teach the kids that these are the girls this is where your eggs come from and these are the boys and we'll raise these and they'll be like Sunday dinner And the head teacher was horrified and she said you can't possibly do that it's too morbid and too distressing and I thought so these school hatches are never going to be about teaching kids about food traceability and and that kind of stuff it's purely fluffy cuteness if they're given tomato plants and stuff you know it's brilliant as far as I'm concerned the problem is a tomato isn't as uh you know appealing or cute as a chick chick, is it so that it just kind of completely reinforced my theory yeah
0: yeah that's really difficult um and it's It's, yeah it's horrible horrible. of course um the whole world's never gonna turn completely vegan so if it was about food traceability like you said it's such a shame that that couldn't Uh, that people won't do that yeah um,
1: give them tomato plants and you know give them I can remember in school when I was in the infant school we used to do things like you know grow cress on a bit of um, tissue paper and stuff like that and
0: yeah I remember doing that again you know
1: probably not not as as fascinating and, and cute as chicks but I can't see why they can't you know give kids little veg patches and and that kind of stuff and it doesn't mean say they're all going to grow up to be a, a race of mad vegans, which is what people seem to think is going to happen. Of course it doesn't. It just means they're actually learning. You know, they get their hands dirty. They they learn about looking after these plants. And as I say, at the end of it, they've got products that they can eat. They've got, you know, fruit and veg and stuff like that. It's brilliant. Yeah. I, I don't know why they don't all do it. Be, and even, you know, even sort of in the city schools and stuff. They, they've got windowsills, you know, they can easily have tomato plants and stuff. Definitely. So, yeah, I just, to me, it just kind of reinforces the the whole thing that it's rubbish. It's nothing to do with education, nothing at all.
0: Yeah. And cockerels always get a raw deal, don't they?
1: Yeah, totally. They get the worst.
0: Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, I mean, I think that, Cockerels are incredible, um, <laughs> incredible creatures. Um, it's a shame that they ju- they are just discarded a lot of the time, yeah. aren't they?
1: Um, yeah, and I think that comes back to the sort of you know, like I said before about this, the stories of of mm-hmm. horrid things that you know members of people have of cockerels. It's I really wish more people could see what they really like you know and see their intelligence and their their character their personality that you know they're great we we had a boy called Nero um uh, sadly we lost him very recently and it was old age he was nine nine years old um and he i hatched him myself he was from beyond you know way before we'd started big red rooster it was when i just had my own chickens and i'd hatched him and i kept him um, and he was always known as Nero the hero because about six years ago, we had, a, a. I got there in the morning and as I walked in, I could see a couple of his hens were out in their run and I thought, what the hell? I said, I know I shut them in last night. So as I walked over towards the sort of house and the run, I could see a, an enormous hole in the roof where a fox had obviously jumped on top and literally torn through the roof of the house oh my god and he tried oh to yeah it was it was horrifying and the miracle of it when i there were there was there was nero and three hens in there um two of the hens were completely unscathed they were fine one of the hens had a really nasty gaping wound to her chest um which she amazingly survived. She went to the vets and she was stitched up and one big vet bill later, she was fine. And Nero, I thought when I saw, I, I thought, oh my God, when I saw him, because he was standing there, head down and his wings were just hanging on the floor. And I was like, oh my God, he's broken both of his wings. What am I gonna do? And as I went to pick him up, he was fine physically, but he was exhausted. And what he had done is he had fought the fox off And he'd saved, he'd. I think from what I could see from you know the way it was, it looked as if the fox had gone in through the roof. And again, you really try not to sort of you know be overly emotional and sort of put these human emotions on them. But the hen that he'd fought so hard to save and did the one with the big chest injury was his mum. Oh, really? Yeah. And he'd he was just absolutely exhausted where he'd fought that fox off. And he that's why he was standing like that, with his wings trailing on the floor, because he was so, so tired. But he did it. He he saved their lives. I mean, I have and this is what I say to people, you know, the cockles can and do give their lives for their girls. And he it was amazing. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that if he hadn't have been in that house with those three girls, they would have died. Yeah. absolutely without a shadow of a doubt and he he saved their lives he was amazing so from that moment he was always not just Nero he was Nero, Nero the hero Nero. You. Yeah.
0: do you think that um flocks of chickens with a cockerel are kind of more behaviorally stable do you think they benefit from having a cockerel around
1: yes yeah I, I do, quite often you'll see posts on Facebook and stuff and people will have uh, just a you know a flock of hens and they'll say, oh my God, one of my hens has started crowing. And I think quite often, you you know, in the absence of a cockerel, you can get this thing where the most dominant hen almost takes on that role and she'll even try and start to crow. Ooh, um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, just, I don't get a lot of time in the winter particularly, but in the summer, it's really lovely to just be able to sort of sit back and just watch them and just see what they do. And it's amazing sometimes, you know, you'll see, because we're located um, in some woodland, which is lovely. um, Yeah, it's really nice. Sometimes you'll see more so in the winter uh, when the leaves are off the trees you'll see something like a kite or a buzzard go overhead and you'll see that cockerel and straight away his head comes up and he does this sort of like Bow! noise and you know he's got one eye on his ladies, he's got one eye on that bird and, you know, sometimes you'll see him sort of shepherd them all into a corner and, you know, he's he's doing his job and he's, he's looking after his girls and watching out for them. It's like they're constantly vigilant for their ladies and i I genuinely think that a flock benefits from having a cockerel with it
0: i think so too and i also think that there are so many more behaviors that you see like that vigilance and um so many little um quirky interesting parts of cockerel behavior that um people might be missing out on if um yeah yeah Um, if they're able to have a cockerel I think it's lovely it's lovely to have a cockerel with your hens
1: yeah again quite often on Facebook people sort of put posts and they say things like oh you know I've I've wondered about having a cockerel and and should I get one and I'm always straight in with a comment yes get one (laughs) just you know it's I think it's there's so many out there that need homes and when you see someone that's offering one and you know that you know it's I just think it's it's lovely for the for the ladies. I think it's really nice. It's kind of completes it, if you know what I mean.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree. On the flip side, um, do you think that noise complaints are getting worse because there's yes. so many um, so many times when people want to have a cockerel and then the council or the neighbours. Um, put a stop to that being a possibility is that getting worse
1: yeah I think so I and it, and I again this I find it astonishing the noise that people will tolerate mm. but one crow from a cockroach and it's like the world's fallen off its axis yeah I mean yeah. we had uh, a few years ago we had a really lovely couple that turned up and they had two really nice birds that they couldn't keep and The guy in particular, he loved them. And one of them was like his absolute pet. And as he got out of the car, one of them was in like a a dog cage and the other one, as he got out of the car, the cockle jumped out behind him and just followed him like a dog. And he couldn't wait to show me all of his little tricks that he did and all the rest of it. And they were there for like an hour and a half. And it got to the point where his wife was having to literally drag him into the car and he was in floods of tears. Oh,
0: that's heartbreaking.
1: It was awful. He was absolutely heartbroken because he wanted to keep them so, so badly. And, you know, as far as he, this one in particular of the pair was his absolute pet and he treated him like he was a dog. Mm. And they'd had them since hatching and he followed him everywhere and he ate from his hands and he was bereft at having to leave that bird. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, again, if that was a dog or a cat, probably that wouldn't happen. But
0: And you get some very noisy dogs too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, you you know, I mean, you get loud music, you get kids screaming the place down, you get all sorts of, you know, unbelievable noise. But like I say, one cockerel crow, and it's just like the world stops. It's like, oh, my God, there's a cockerel. Somebody phoned the council. Somebody phoned the police. You know, it's like, for God's sake, it's a a really interesting um, little story is A few years ago, um, a few years ago, I had some problem with my car or something had happened and I had to take one of the birds to the vets. So I'd had to get a cab and the the cab driver was taking me and this chicken to this cockerel to the vets. And, you know, we sort of got chatting and stuff and he was sort of obviously fascinated because there was a cockerel and he was a Polish guy. And he we got chatting about the whole rescue and, and he couldn't get his head around why you would need a cockerel rescue and he said to me that where he came from in Poland it was quite a big sort of town city um and he said it's completely normal people have them all the time I mean sadly very often I would assume that they're going to be raised for meat but he said it was a totally normal thing to wake up in the morning in a big city big town and you'd hear cockfuss crowing and nobody gave a monkeys nobody said a word it was just there and people just completely got on with it and when I said to him like what it was like over here I mean we used to have a bird that came to us lovely little boy little poland boy he was lovely and um He'd come to us after his owners had taken, uh, uh, they'd gone through legal proceedings, they'd gone to court. It cost them quite literally thousands of pounds and they'd still lost. Oh, and, and he had to come to us. And again, they were devastated. Yeah. Um, so very often it's, yeah, like you say, it's not just that people don't want cockles. Almost more heartbreaking is when they do want them and they can't have them yeah it's um, really sad you know it's the they're sort of having their pets ripped away from them and yeah. I just, <laughs> ah, now that's Chez and that's you hear what I, <laughs> I mean about yeah. how loud he is <laughs> but isn't it a lot
0: I think it's a lovely noise and I think yeah. um, something needs to be done they need a publicity <laughs> campaign just to uh, yeah. change people's perspectives because I think it's a fantastic noise.
1: <laughs> There's been a, there was a thing very recently, wasn't there, in France, um, where <laughs> um, somebody had put in a complaint, and I think the cockerel was called Maurice, which was yeah. a fabulous name. Yeah. And Did you see it? And yeah, i um, about this. Yeah, and they've actually changed the law, because they kind of say that it's like a sort of... Um, I think they described it as like a heritage noise, yes, which I thought is. was fantastic. What an absolutely brilliant thing to call it! Yeah, um, you know, and particularly if you live in the countryside. Again, we've had birds. <laughs> we've had birds that have come from like rural Wales. We've had birds that come from Lamborn. You know, and you, yeah. the the Wales one. He his was astonishing because the couple that brought him to me, they were lovely. <laughs> and, What had happened is they bought a and b Some people had bought this B&B and they'd gone into it. They wanted to sort of do the the rural thing and they had no experience. They were going to do it as like a kind of good life thing and, you know, write a blog about it. And then they very quickly discovered that it it was hard work and they kind of threw their hands up in the air and they sold the B&B. So this couple, this lovely couple, bought it And when they did, the people that had basically flung their hands up and run away back to London or wherever it was they were from, they left behind some some beehives and all the chickens. So the the nice couple that bought the B&B were like, that's okay, we'll take these on, it's not a problem. So they had them and they, now bearing in mind that people, they sort of did it as an Airbnb, so... That's it. Now he's gonna go all night. So bearing in mind that people were booking a room on a rural small holding in South Wales. They they were then complaining that there was a cockerel crowing. Oh no. I just thought, what on earth did you think you were getting? You 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 know, you want this, but this is it, isn't it? I think people want the idea of the countryside. don't necessarily want the reality you know the countryside's noisy it's smelly it's dirty i know i live in it um but yeah and so poor old sydney and he was quite an old bird although we did manage to find him the most absolutely fantastic home so i was really pleased about that he came to us he was with us about a year and then a lady had lost her cockerel (laughs) And um, she said to me, I don't suppose you've got like an older cockerel? Because she said, I don't want somebody really young that's going to sort of, you know, harass my ladies. She said, I'm looking for an old, quiet cockerel. And I said, you know what? That's exactly what I've got. So he went to live in Stroud um, and I drove him there, got to meet the lady in her hens and he went to a fabulous home. So that was really lucky. But I just thought, what kind of world do we live in where people book a room in a farmhouse and then complain because they're farm <laughs> animals. It's just think, yeah. that's, that's not right, is it? <laughs> it's almost, yeah, it's, it's almost so... hilarious.
0: I know, something's got to change with that. That's um, bonkers, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. Absolutely yeah.
1: crazy. Uh, i don't all of the talk-
0: time. Um, so I think if you're happy, um, we'll just start to wrap things up. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. It's nice and dark out there and I need to go and shut yeah. everybody away. <laughs> there's just a few, there's, there's a couple of little questions that I like to ask at the end. So um, one is, can you tell us some of your favourite things about chickens in general?
1: Right. I would say, um, I love their character... I love their individuality and that's something that I think is overlooked. I mean, we've got birds that are noisy, obviously. Um, We've got birds that are incredibly friendly. I've got ones that will jump up onto your shoulder as soon as you go into their run. Um, I've got also ones that are challenging and, you know, for various reasons, it's not their fault. But again, they're, they're equally as fascinating and, and as valuable to me. They're all so different. And yeah, I, I love their individuality. I think there's so much more to chickens that people, as I covered before, don't see or don't want to see, I think is more more likely.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's why I want to spend my life trying to change people's mind about that and show people how amazing chickens are
1: Um, yeah i'm the worst if there's ever like a video on on facebook that's got anything to do with you know chickens just doing really sort of fascinating and unexpected things i'm just like i share it to the world and it's like this is what they're like they're not just chickens you know that there's so much there's so much more to them you know they're, they're just to me there's it's no different to having a cat or a dog you get as much back from them
0: yeah absolutely no, they're amazing. Um, my last question for you is how would you like to see things improve for chickens in the future
1: well I really 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 would love to see a stop. To the school hatching for a start, I think it's it's something that really needs to be stopped. I know it would be really difficult because if even if the big egg companies and stuff close down, you're still going to get just random people doing it. Mm. Um, but I wish there would at least be. I think there ought to be some kind of law. There's got to be something that's done about it because it's just, it's it's so it's just so hard. It's so easy for people to do. And it's so hard for people, the people like me and the other rescues to kind of pick up the pieces. Um, And also, you know, in in the commercial sector, I have seen a thing that's been surfacing recently about um, sort of various companies. I think there's one in Germany that are sort of trying to sort of manipulate eggs somehow so that there'll be um, no male chicks born um, which I kind of guess is better than even though I suppose they're still you know at some stage they've, they've developed but the eggs will not be allowed to hatch as opposed to you know them hatching and then the horrifying things like them being put through grinders and god knows what else you know you, yeah. that, that that would be great if they can figure out some way that they can sort of you know predetermine the sex of eggs before they've even hatched I think that would be that would be huge
0: yeah and I think that is on the way to happening so.
1: Yeah be brilliant. But
0: yeah I think um, the school hatch project just leave a, leave some large gaps in welfare don't they?
1: Yeah as like I've said and I make the point every time if it was anything but chickens if it was you know adorable fluffy kittens or lovely little puppies people would be absolutely horrified to, you know to know that they were basically being killed when they would outlived their usefulness just to get a fresh batch in and do it all over again if you, when you say it in those words and, and think of it as a puppy or a kitten immediately you're sort of like well that just couldn't possibly be allowed yeah but then when it's yeah. a when it's a chick it's all right it doesn't matter it's just a chicken yeah.
0: it's just such a shame
1: yeah I think people's attitudes to chickens really need to change and they just need to see them for what they are and and just how much joy they can bring.
0: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Helen, how can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, We do have a website, but I'm going to be honest and say because my other half's nephew runs it, it's rubbish. So... (laughs) um, (laughs) he he doesn't do a lot on it so um we're on facebook just big red rooster cockerel rescue and um i i do everything on there so it kind of gets done you know it's it we i kind of update the page i try and do it daily um yeah so that's probably the best way for people to go and have a look and see what we do and um meet some of the residents oh
0: brilliant oh thanks so much for this chat it's been really lovely and i could talk about cockerels all day
1: yes same thank you i probably i i do have this sort of thing that i can like bore for england at an olympic level when it comes to talking about
0: chickens (laughs) yeah me too exactly (laughs) Um, yeah thanks for indulging me with that and um it's been really lovely to get to know a little bit more about what you do and hear about some of your special characters that you've got. So thanks very much.
1: Thank you, it's been an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I'm now off to shut everybody away.
0: Oh, well, good, good luck with that and <laughs> have a nice evening.
1: Thank you, and you.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this chat. I personally feel that cockerels are often misunderstood and underrated so I was really excited to get a chance to talk to Helen about them and hear some of the stories about different individuals she's had in her care. This year there have been so many lockdown chicken projects that inevitably we then see chickens being abandoned too as their owners realise they can no longer look after them for various reasons. This is when rescue centres are so badly needed, but also, in many cases, are already bursting at the seams. Rescue centres always need a seat at the table with regards to welfare discussions so that strategies can be explored to improve the situation for animals. As for school hatches, listen out for Helen this Friday, February 5th, when she will be chatting to Jeremy Vine on his Radio 2 lunchtime show. I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts on this episode or if you would like to suggest topics or guests for the future. So, thank you again for listening and I look forward to hearing from some of you. How can you get in touch? You can reach me on the Happy Hen Podcast Facebook page or on anchor.fm forward slash the Podcast. You can also reach me through my business website, MaisieWake.com. Thanks again for listening. Please be sure to press the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this podcast on and share the news far and wide. Let's spread the word for chickens.